Hello there, and welcome to the Roots of Networking podcast brought to you by Hamilton Barnes. Here at Hamilton Barnes, we're a specialist recruitment consultancy in the technology space, covering everything from enterprise networking, telecoms, security, fiber, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Women in Tech spin-off series. I'm Holly Staff. I'm a network consultant here at Hamilton Barnes. And today I'd like to introduce you to Lakshmi Sharma. She's Chief Product and Chief Strategy Officer at Fastly. So welcome. Yeah, she's had an impressive history in the networking space, working for big corporations like Google and Target. Looking forward to hearing more about her journey today and her experience being a woman in a male-dominated industry. So yeah, we'll go straight into it. How did you get into your yeah your current job, your current career path? Tell me a bit about that. Hi, um, hello everyone, and as you heard, and this is Lakshmi Sharma. And uh, yeah, question, how did I get into my current role? So um, it's a journey, you know, it was never a destination. When I started with my first job, mm-hmm. I started as an engineer and I was writing code for for GSM, like GSM as a standard for mobile. That was my first job. That's what I was doing. And I never thought I would be a C-level person, I never imagined, especially after coming to US, like first you want to get a green card and you need like citizenship, like even, so your life is so much spent, like in first getting your status right. And mm-hmm. it was not like a dream to be a C-level. It was just that, hey, keep working hard. And then everything came, that came next. And then you yeah. and then I took. So, um, but I've been fortunate that every job I took, in that company, something transformative was happening. If, a, if it was a company who that was in, um, say, ISDN or ATM, they were going to IP. And mm-hmm. it's, this company was writing a lot of kind of drafts from beginning, like from the scratch on, on security, SSL, IPsec. Then the next company I went, they were, uh, which was Cisco, then they were going from but they were going from them existing software-based routing to mm-hmm. hardware, you know, um, hardware-based routing. And then that's how kind of I progressed. I always ended up joining place where there was a transformation happening. There mm-hmm. was a new idea being taken to a bigger or different level. And that required a lot of technological kind of, you know, uh, adjustment, adoption, people adoption, process adoption, and being ready to change, right? So um, since like every place I joined, there was a change happening and then change always brings like, you know, excitement. To me, it is excitement. And there is also chaos, like, you know, so Mm -hmm. uh, chaos and excitement, all of that together. But then the good part of being in such, you know, organizations and places is that everybody is motivated towards that outcome. They're all building Mm that outcome together, right? Mm -hmm. They're all part of it. They're all in it. And sometimes they're not, right? So, um, but most of the time people are, you know, engaged to get to the next step and they don't know what the next step would look like. They don't know the growth would look like. So Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate and then initially unintentionally, then later on intentionally. Uh And then I call myself a growth specialist, a transformation specialist. So I've Mm -hmm. become that person over time, which has become part of the change. Many companies have joined. There had been CEO changes, like at least Mm -hmm. three to four companies have been there are CEO changes after I joined. So that is a big change for the company, right? Yeah. So I've become good in understanding change, what people, process, technology, things are required. And then to be honest, like taking that risk every time, because, you know, transformed me as well. 
transform yeah. me as a leader, as a human being, because with change sometimes comes restructuring, reorgs, and then you know your own self. You also get impacted sometimes. Your role changes. Yeah. So how do you take that? How do you still keep your teams running, moving towards one objective? That's mm. very hard. Like, but as a leader, you need to make sure that your teams are not impacted, right? Their progress is not impacted. The company mm. continues to work. So that requires a lot of humility, and that mm. requires a lot of patience and calm. That yeah. that is most important, in my opinion, to be an executive and a leader. Because no matter what happens in your life, right? You you need to make sure that the company continues to run. The leaders mm. that you're building, they continue to stay there, right? they can take the company forward and the company progresses because that's the whole reason that you are in so that kind of you know the people change my own change the technological new technologies that i kept learning new business processes i kept learning mm-hmm. that's really the reason that i am i believe where i am other than other than like you know the lot of blessings of people who mm-hmm. who i helped right and who i mm-hmm. helped move forward in life and i'm also a believer in like faith So I think combination of a lot of I do believe that blessings are important. Yeah. And in addition to that, like all that progression I talked about is is I believe the reason that why I am where I am. Yeah. No, definitely. It sounds like you've had a very interesting journey so far. Well, how did you so take it back to sort of being at uni or school? Why did you get into this sort of industry? Yeah, I started um as a kid I wanted to be a doctor and my dream still happens to me like I want to I want to open a hospital maybe someday like you know I'm really? old but I think before yeah I I do in fact my mother-in-law opened it like open uh, and a non-profit my mother-in-law opened like non-profit homeopathic mm-hmm. hospital at, like you know the year I got married so because we both oh, had like wow. same goals so I wanted to do that but then the reason was that I wanted to take medicine and then healthcare to mm-hmm. lot of people, to be yeah. in places where it is not possible right so and being in india there were a lot of opportunities like that and the second part was that i wanted to be you know i want to always be coaching back and giving back so yeah. i am here where i am because of my education you know education mm-hmm. brought me here so going back so i wanted to be a doctor not mm-hmm. an engineer and not i didn't think that leadership uh, you know the working in a private firm and leading mm-hmm. would be something i would be doing but then like as a family like you know my dad like has tried lot of let's say small businesses like you know in india there are all these small mm-hmm. small things you can buy kites like you mm-hmm. know on on a certain festival you can sell kites yeah. you can have uh, you know the beetle shop like you know you can have like eat, you know the people kind of eat that uh, thing is called pan like, you know so i and then a tea shop so my my dad was um uh let's say uh like they call it like level 4 peon in government job but that was not enough to raise four of us so he will try these small small things and we all yeah. become part of the shop and this and that so i think entrepreneurship mm. and not like that's okay and no job is small job that yeah. was in i would i could roll up sleeves with my parents and then mm-hmm. just kind of a few few tens of rupees or hundreds of rupees in a month we will all get in and pull in and we'll work and we kept trying and we kept moving forward so entrepreneurship mm-hmm. that's in my blood but then yeah. like education was my dad kind of you know so motivating and inspiring us to study mm-hmm. so then at 
some point, my friend, very close friend of mine, uh, she inspired me to take this, you know, computer sciences when I was in, mm -hmm. you know, going for masters. So she really went and then filled a form with me. She said, you need to go. Mm -hmm. This is like a very tough competition. There are only 25 or 30 students taken in mm -hmm. India for this particular school. It's a very reputed school. We need to apply. And it was, and I, we both applied. We took the test and I got an, and she did. But then she ended up getting another bigger role, like in government. Like she's a very successful mm -hmm. leader in government. So she is the reason that I I ended up taking the computer science round, <laughs> and she is like um, you know, and she is my best friend and one of my best friends. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, it was by chance. Engineering didn't uh -huh. come. Business comes to me, I would say, in my genes because of the family situation and condition. Yeah. And entrepreneurship comes from there. But then engineering came really because my friend knew that there was something called computer science. And mm -hmm. then she went and took me to kind of fill that form. She's like, you will get in. And that's why I'm <laughs> And you did. Yes. That's, uh, yeah, it's very coincidental, I suppose, isn't it? How did you yeah. find it when you started studying it? Have you, had you never sort of done it before? It was completely never. new. No, I had never taken a course um, in computer science before, mm -hmm. before I did as part of my master's in computer science. Mm -hmm. uh, in India and it was the computers were very expensive mm -hmm. so in my and it, it's a three years degree it's a three years master's program not mm -hmm. two so three years program is called master's computer application and we had AutoCAD and auto machines like PC I saw PC for the first time when I got admission into that mm -hmm. college and and my so we I didn't have so then I made friends there two really good friends and one mm -hmm. one another kind of you know best friend that I made who lives in US so she she bought a computer so mm -hmm. we would go to her house or we would work in university because they were like mm -hmm. lying to get like you know time on that computer so yeah that was rewarding experience because the something computer science gives you the ability to you know deliver right there like you sit you mm -hmm. quote and then boom something is created yeah I absolutely loved that feeling that mm -hmm. you're writing something and it can actually make something happen just by you writing. And I love writing, by the way. So mm -hmm. I love writing. And I'm like, you write and it can convert into something like, so it was magical, like, you know, in those days. So mm -hmm. yeah, I absolutely, totally love being in computer science and mm -hmm. the impact. Of it. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I suppose I speak to a lot of people now who, or like younger people that are just getting into it so they're at like uni level and they've grown up around computers their whole life but to go into that just completely fresh it must have been amazing yeah as you said like completely yeah. magical yeah exactly and I think like so my entire uh, master's I never had a computer so my first computer was my computers had always been given from my job until like I had mm -hmm. enough money to kind of buy one right yeah. So and old in those times you wouldn't really come home and work on your laptop or your PC like even after coming to US. So yeah, it has been phenomenal. When I hear people like a lot of those people of my age who grew up in US or more mm -hmm. kind of influential family, like you know, families with money. So mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, you could really have a computer like at your home. But my friend had, and I'm very very grateful because without that I couldn't have completed my assignments like for my yeah. for my university kind of project it was important <laughs> because otherwise you'll be standing in line you had to book a slot on your computer to get mm -hmm. your time to do your assignment 
so most of that you had to just write the logic on paper and make by the time you reach the you know the computer you yeah. hope that it will just run in once otherwise like yeah. the moment it doesn't run you won't get the next lot it was it was a lot of fun yeah that sounds uh that sounds a bit stressful it's lucky <laughs> that as you say your friend had one for you know you to yeah. practice on a little bit yeah um, exactly Hey, that sounds amazing. And did you move? So did you move to America straight after uni or when did you move to America? No, I got married. I worked mm-hmm. for I worked for a year and a half. I got married and then I came here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I came here with uh, with a child, a 10 months old daughter and wow. my husband. Nice. And how was it? Was it like overwhelming with you? Such a young baby or were you kind of... Uh-huh bit more settled yeah, it was, it yeah. was. Um, so coming from yeah the one thing is that in India we had a house we owned a house you know mm-hmm. and coming here and then living in like single bedroom apartment and yeah like you know which had only one window towards you know towards the street and everything mm-hmm. else was dark from inside and um one one bed one bath is a big deal like even you know in us like it's it is where we were living in bay area but then coming in it was like first impression is oh my god what did yeah. we do yeah and you you have other friends right who are your age so most of our mm-hmm. friends were not married at that time we we got married like first so mm-hmm. um they were not married they were single so they were all kind of you know they all will come so yeah. we had that we have no relatives in US at that time. Uh-huh. We had no relatives. Our friends who came with us were our kind of family. We were all each other's family, yeah. and most of that is true to date. Our families that we made are our friends, uh-huh. so we would all come together. So we had helped that way, but we were all going through the same phase of life, right? Other than that, we were uh-huh. married and we had a kid, and they they were not. So we were all going through the same challenges. I think there is fun in that because you. Yeah you all go through the same thing. So that way we had support, but then there's also anxiety at the same time. So mm-hmm. when I we came in January, 2001, mm-hmm. that was the bubble, biggest bubble bust of, you know, technology has ever known. Yeah. No jobs, people are losing jobs. My husband lost job. I already lost job after I came mm-hmm. here and our friends were losing jobs. It was very scary time. Yeah. So, uh, so that like that combination and then 9-11 happened in 2001. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of when, whenever there are these, that was one of another, like, I would say the most difficult time for the world that has changed yeah. the landscape of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. In terms of how we view each other, in terms of people's safety and security and trust. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things happened in that year when we came here. So yeah. it was tough. It was super mm-hmm. tough. Your friends who came with dreams coming, going back because the bubble burst happened. And yeah. then like, even people like people doubting each other more, right? People yeah. doubting each other more just because of who you, how you look and what's your color. And unfortunately, it, things have gone worse. Like sometimes they, they kind of get better. There's mm-hmm. a cycle, but that year was really tough. Yeah, I can imagine. It must've been, yeah, it must have been very difficult, very bad timing with that. Yeah, um, very bad. Yeah. I suppose if you can get through that though, you can you oh, can get yeah. through pretty much anything. Yeah, once that really um that that made me tough. 
I think yeah. I could not have imagined being the person I am today, even then, like there were two things happened. It made us tough, like, you know, because a lot of our friends lost job and we ended up also moving like um, two or three families living in same single bedroom apartment. So instead mm -hmm. of one family, it'd be like two plus families. There would be like seven, yeah. eight people living in single bed, single bath, because everyone yeah. is waiting for their call. And like, you know, because if you don't have a job, what do you do? And you're so new to the country. So mm -hmm. those 2001 to 2002, that was really a rough time. Yeah. And kind of seeing that, how you live like, you know, like seven, eight people, sometimes nine people in single bed, single bath. And like, also like, you get more empathy, you start to become like stronger that you can deal with the world, like, you know, yeah. in this manner, that's kind of one skill. But then it's scary because like if if one only one person is working instead of like, you know, three people, like and there are three people yeah. who would be early and two people are only looking for job. Like it's very you get scared about everything in this country. You are like, yeah. oh, did, so you make a right decision? did you make a right decision? And then there are also people like, you know, who take advantage of the situation, like at work, in communities. But then that's also a time when I found my first mentor and advisor mm -hmm. the time at work was not going well so there mm -hmm. was some racism situation happening which i didn't know that i was subjected to because mm -hmm. i just you know you, you are so scared that you don't even want to say anything you want to just be quiet like you just yeah. want to work and your status be right so then you're no matter if people are giving you any kind of you know behavior you just yeah. take it you just feel like oh my god is it my mistake you become I think that stayed for the longest time. First of all, you're a woman, yeah. then you're brown, and then you're immigrant. And then when people tell you that, oh, don't do this, otherwise we'll complain in HR, and then you will be deported. And I actually thought that I was on a legal uh, you know, work visa. I was not like, you know, it's a work visa, and I, I come with degrees. But then like, because of the status the world was in, like, you know, the behaviors mm -hmm. that was going around and the situation of the job market, like you get scared and they're like, oh, maybe uh, they will tell and complain. And you have no idea of how this country behaves, right? Because you just come yeah. here. So people will scare and then say, they, they will give me their work and then say, you need to do this, otherwise I'll go and complain. And some people will That's say, awful. why are you doing it? Why are you doing my work? And then because the manager will give me their work, which I didn't know, right? So it was mm -hmm. very, very stressful. But yeah. then it, that thing actually did two things. One is that like when you have to support your friends and your family and you're the only person at that time working, then you you really become stronger because there is yeah. no other way, right? You Completely cannot, independent. cannot quit. And second is that it kind of all those situations and behaviors put in that scare and then worry Mm. forever about job like even after being yeah. so many years in the country and having been success I worry about my job every day every mm. day I feel like what if I do oh my god what if so even if when like you know when the I, I quit the job or if I have lost the job then then in that particular situation do I start to look like right away like I'm like I don't mm. give myself right because I'm like oh I cannot live in this country if I don't have a job because that was my first experience right in this yeah. country so I think being an immigrant and and being subjected to some racism, really a lot of racism in first year because of the situation in 9-11 and certain things that happened at work, it made me worried forever. <laughs> so it yeah. just leaves some, some something 
but then it made me it made me believe that i would ever never do that to anyone you know because it's it's wrong on their family it's wrong on their mental kind of state forever and yeah. and this is just not right you have to take care of society you have to take care of your yeah. neighbors you need to be there for people all the time so people became people are the first thing in my life like does yeah. it i go all all aboard like you know i just go all in in mm-hmm. coaching people mentoring people taking care of them like so that like because it impacts their personal life forever yeah i don't think people realize how how much of an effect it has on people it's so sad it's horrible it's such a cruel thing to do to someone and it, yeah 100% stays with you as obviously you know um i think it's amazing that you're so compassionate though even afterwards i think that's a lovely thing you know that you are really trying to change that which i think is really important um tell me about your first mentor that you mentioned yeah it's uh, it happened in the same company and in fact like so when i was going through this rough time uh, but I, that that rough time meant that i was working hard because only thing i know yeah. that how i can succeed and what i learned from my fam- parents is like fail do this fail do another thing keep working don't stop like you know keep yeah. trying and then hard work and you know hard work with honesty and integrity that's what my parents taught me and even mm-hmm. no matter what situation you are you should always give back because there is always someone else so these were like fundamental principles i grew up with and i continue to kind of you know stick to so yeah. i was working hard and you know i was scared there was things happening so then there was a technical leader on our team uh, who was you know who will watch the work and see the work and he he saw that the work was getting like you know work was improving the effectiveness was going up and then there was another leader and then he he observed that pattern that that hey maybe there is something wrong happening with my direct manager and something going on in my company mm-hmm. with me and mm-hmm. he noticed that and he informed um a senior director in that company so his name was Roy Harlins that person like you know so this person um he he saw that and he came to be honest like to my rescue so one mm. person called Anthony John and then Roy Harlin and Roy Harlin is the person who became my first mentor and advisor he took me really under his wings like he he saw mm. that i had capability i had potential and then he did not only take care of this manager and move them to a place so that there could be more inclusive and effective environment for people like me who were really working honestly and smartly and effectively and yeah. he created the atmosphere he took that role and if it wasn't for him he was a white male like you know 6 feet plus and very calm and very very inclusive like you know and he would yeah. find potential and invest into them so mm-hmm. it's it's because of him i started to you know understand this concept of like not just mentor but sponsor you know mm-hmm. giving opportunities like and working with people to find their best and positioning them and putting them into the right place so yeah. that one person transformed my life he changed uh-huh. my opinion of people in this country he changed my uh-huh. opinion of like you know people like you know i was i'm non colored people let's say right so he mm-hmm. he just completely i would say represented a new 
you know, United States of America for me. So yeah. one person has so much power to trans transform somebody's mm -hmm. thoughts and give them opportunity as well. Like, you know, because I, I loved, I always loved working. I love technology. I love what I was doing. But mm -hmm. then he coming in and coaching me on things like communication, you know, a point about you think between like, you know, when you are writing something crucial, he will sit on his, uh, you know, his PC and then he'll be sitting like that for five minutes. And I come and I'm, I watch and I'm like, hey, to, you know, Roy, like I have, a, I have something to ask. And then he's like, yeah. And then no matter how, what he was doing, yes, Lakshmi. And he was like being um, there to listen, right? He, for me, yeah. like I was like an entry level engineer and he was a senior director, a senior person. He didn't really ha always have to be attentive to listen to me, but he set up that standard of a leadership that like, you know, if someone, if someone on your team needs help, like regardless of how, what situation you are in, mm -hmm. you give mm -hmm. attention and you listen. He, yeah. he taught me the power of listening with empathy and effectiveness, you know, being there. And then he will take a walk with me and then we will discuss the situation, come back and I'm happy. And then he goes back to his work. So like things like listening, attentive listening and positioning yeah. people into the right places when even when they don't know, if I didn't know what my potential was, I was new, right? Yeah. So he didn't just take me out of a difficult situation. He changed my opinion of entire world about people who look like him, like white males. He became yeah. my first big mentor and advisor and sponsor. And he coached me so many small nuances of communication, effective listening, you know, and, you know, coaching like people like, you know, in the time when they need help instead of sending them over to somebody that mm -hmm. became my gold standard. And I still I still want to be, you know, giving back mm -hmm. what he had taught me once every time. And there have been a lot of other mentors and, you know, I will say sponsors I have found in my life and who who mm -hmm. did the exact kind of similar thing found my potential and positioned me into roles and yeah. given given the support and the coaching right because when you're when you're taking a stretch role you you're given somebody needs to believe in you to give you that stretch role right mm -hmm. somebody coach you to do but whenever the manager or that leader has done that you know found the potential gave, given me the stretch opportunity and gave given me direct feedback listen to what my challenges were in not mm -hmm. being able to do that and then provided me the coaching and the guidance has have been my best transformational journeys when it comes to mm -hmm. career and that's exactly what I like to do and want to do in my life and I keep doing it yeah oh that's he sounds amazing firstly yeah. he sounds rich you still speak to him he's no more and oh, but that's so I, sad. I, but we were in touch until, yeah. until he passed away. And, um, I, and that's why I always like to share his stories. Like I have other people like who have really been helpful. There are people like, you know, who again, mm -hmm. helped me. Like there's a, I, I have numerous people to thank, like, you know, so many people to thank. Yeah. Um, and who became my friend over time, who became my like, you know, confidante over time. But that person mm -hmm. specifically I do because that was the first one who coached me the power and took me out of the personal difficult situation. I think I would have gone back to India with a very kind of, you know, not so positive um, 
positive image of this place and country yeah, and people. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't And yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it's, I don't think people appreciate how much impact one person can have. Um, and yeah, I mean, to completely change your view of everything. Um, it just took that one person to kind of pay attention and actually realise what was happening, which is, I mean, I'm very, very thankful that it did, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Um, no, that's an amazing, amazing story. It's um, it's an, It sounds like an amazing journey that you've had. Um, yeah. Definitely. It is always, like, one of the most difficult times are the one where you kind of, you know, come out if you if you can just have uh you know the courage and uh, courage and the spirit to not give up yeah you only come out like stronger and better you know and mm -hmm. it's just that like you need to keep the thoughts positive because yeah. as you said like the similar situations could have you know made me you know be more negative about the world and have mm -hmm. more you know you know just not being seeing people the same way I used to, uh, but just kind of keeping that positive spirit, you know, believing that the intent people have is good has mm -hmm. kind of kept you going always forward. Because And that's yeah. like, that spirit is the most important one because you will find someone and you just find your strength that you never believed you had, you know. So mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for all... And that was one situation I have met many, many situations like that, um, mm -hmm. you know, throughout. Not not that difficult because like that was completely unique situation. Like, you know, the world was going through, not just me. But yeah. then, you know, it's not it's not easy to be a person of color or woman of color and uh, being in leadership. It's very hard. It's not easy. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I can't fully imagine. But yeah, I you know it's it's a constant battle isn't it really you have to 100%. constantly push for yes, more a lot yeah you have to continuously yeah. fight and it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a few, few years ago uh i don't know many years ago actually like someone said like you know you don't uh you do fight but you don't be a gladiator because gladiators die and, and I'm, I'm like again english is my second language not first language so i may <laughs> sometimes use the phrase is wrong but then I'm like, no, I don't want to die fighting, you know, so yeah. I, would, I would push, I would push myself, I would bring my point forward. So what I've learned over many, many years to be able to put my point forward. And also, you know, that comes with learning, right? That comes with a lot of learning from people, how other people are doing it, you know, mm -hmm. looking at other people like, oh, my God, this person says, really good English like you know they use uh -huh. and then they they keep a calm like when they're saying things they they express without you know making their voice louder right so um. like there are a lot of these skills that I took where where I I started to push I started to make my presence felt and mm -hmm. challenges that me and my teams are facing I being you know presenting those kind of situations and those problems or challenges so that the problem is solved and I keep my you know myself out mm -hmm. uh, as much as possible versus like keeping the focus for the problem and the solution and the end outcome right and yeah keeping that as a focus 
So, but that took a lot of learning. That took a lot of intentional kind of focus on learning how to do that. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. it hasn't been, but then I'm, when I look back and I, I see that, who are the kind of different people I learned from, they may not even know. I was just kind of watching them. Oh my God, he, or he said this sentence. She actually presented herself this way. So yeah. I took all those cues over time. And, uh, and like, you know, it is, I'm just, I'm just grateful for all those experiences and all mm-hmm. those people. There are people like uh, who I reached out and then I said, oh, you know what, like this meeting, you were amazing. And in fact, a long time friend now, and then like say, very good friend and a colleague mm-hmm. and was my manager and a leader, like his name is Willie Thurton. So, and uh, other friends I made, like they, they became my friend, like, because like, I, I saw them behaving in a certain way in a meeting and I'm like, oh my God, I'm impressed how you manage that meeting, right? Yeah. So, so it's like watching, taking cues, learning, continuously learning in how people behave. And and because the same skills could be applied to men and women, just women have to do maybe 200% more than like men. Yeah. And then if you are colored, uh, you know, person of color, then you have to do another 100% more. So it is like 300%. Mm-hmm. But as long as you accept the fact that you need to do more and then, you know, stop kind of lamenting or. Yeah, I think, yeah, you you can't, you have to try not to be bitter about that. Although it's not fair, you have to kind of almost not accept it, but you have to kind of take that on and, you know, I suppose, accept that that's just going to be the case. I think that is true. Accept acceptance, like doesn't matter. Every situation, it becomes easier in life if -hmm. you accept who you are, right? And that's where the authenticity comes from, right? You need to be authentic and accepting who you are. And mm-hmm. then, and that's how you can, you, you identify, you, you can, you know, you bring your identity with you, right? You cannot take yeah. it off. So knowing that that is what it is, right? And then you mm-hmm. do all kinds of things that you need. If I know that I have to do 300%, either I can keep, I know it is hard. I need to be doing mm-hmm. more in order to find the, you know, my, my hair are very wavy, right? You know, and then putting my hair itself takes like such a long time. Like not that those don't look good. I love my hair, right? But then mm-hmm. like, and then with my brown skin, the word colors kind of clothes work. And then I'm like five feet tall. So like, how do, when I'm among like, you know, many tall people, I have to really talk like this. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fully vegetarian. I don't drink, I don't smoke. So in a lot of social settings, like it becomes after an hour, I, you still have to go because as a leader, you have to represent, you have to sometimes take your teams for, you know, dinner, I'm, I, a lot of things you do, but then that also is part of acceptance, right? So mm-hmm. you accept the things that you don't do, even culturally and others, but then that's kind of, you don't have to do those things, right? But then you you change uh, change how you perceive those situations, right? So mm-hmm. you change the perception of certain things. And I also call it that it is not acceptance of who you are. It is also acceptance of how people see you, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay to be perceived the way you are, right? Because this is who you are and that's called authenticity, right? So mm-hmm. I would, I, I cannot be two people like never in my life have I ever been, I, I've been kind of seen differently in my personal life and external life. I, I'm same everywhere. I'm direct, I'm transparent. And that yeah. can use authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. So if, uh, so I, that kind of has become, you know, continuous learning from people, continuous learning from culture and acceptance of who I am. And then yeah. 
allowing people to accept me the way I am, right? Or working towards people to accept me and is the only way that they would accept other people like me, right? If I try to be somebody else, then I lose the opportunity to represent many brown women in the yeah. world, right? So I mm-hmm. need to do that. I have a huge responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing that you've you've taken that on though, because that's still a choice. You didn't, you know, you didn't have to do that. So I think it's a really sort of courageous thing to then still do that. Um, and like you say, it's a constant battle. So it's not like you've you've chosen the hard road, but it's the rewarding one. It's the one that matters. Oh, it, is. it is so rewarding. Like I I have two daughters and then like, you know, I, I, I discuss with them all these difficult situations like, you know, that, hey, this will happen because I want them to be ready. They were there born. They grew up in U.S., right? But then when they go, when we travel, like even in U.S. or even in Europe, people will say, oh, you are Hindi. You speak Hindi. And they will be like, no, I understand English. I'm American, right? So yeah. they will, even though I was not born here, I came from India. And then I fell through the challenges, right? Then I faced mm-hmm. those challenges. But they're born here. <laughs> they are, yeah. you know, they belong to this. My older one was born in India, but they're both like younger and born here. But then their whole life is here. They are, they've yeah. only they've seen this country, they are American, as American as any any other color person. But they, there's so many times, they're still, they're very proud of their heritage. Like, and I'm very glad and I'm very, we, we, yeah. we have a feeling that way. But then mm-hmm. they get treated the same way as I am, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it's important that I discuss with them. So I do discuss with them yeah. that it is, that they should understand that there is a power in being who they are and they're very and i'm very proud that they actually they accept it with a lot of you know a uh, lot of kind of you know a lot of respect and then there is a reward in that because like someone who doesn't have you know as i said like difficult situations if you can prove yourself out of it and then you can take more people out of it with you yeah then there is the reward the collective reward is like exponential right yeah, so there is, I, every time I, I'm, I'm through that, through a certain situation, I'm like, wow, you know, because I, I always, I'm a person who want to look forward. I don't like staying stuck in a negative thought or a situation. I don't, mm-hmm. that just worries me. It, it just, it's not just me. And especially if I'm responsible for a team or a business, I cannot be stuck in a difficult negative situation, something that brings the team and the business down. So I'm always mm-hmm. looking for like new idea, new way of kind of doing things. And because I'm always looking that way, I am looking at like, wow, what would it be when when we will come out of it? What would that success look like? Yeah. And that feeling, oh my God, is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. It's such a good, it's really hard to consistently think like that as well. I think that's that's very important. It's very hard to be consistently positive, you know. Um, it's obviously something that you had a lot of practice with. You've yeah, mastered. I, <laughs> I mean, that's where, like, you know, your your culture or your faith or, like, say your, you know, say meditation, uh, like, you know, the uh, mindfulness, all those things. Yeah. There is a lot of work you need to do. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can like, you, know, you can go down. And then you need your friends and family, like, you know all the energy that you need, right? You need mm-hmm. to continuously work on creating your own energy, right? So all the sources that you can get it. And that mm-hmm. needs to be continuously practiced. It doesn't happen in a day. Yeah, not yeah. even a year. Like 
mm-hmm. two things need to happen you have to go through many situations and which kind of is not fun but then in those yeah. i've been through a lot of situations a lot of situations so you need you should have gone through a lot of situations and you should have failed in some of them so mm-hmm. that like okay now like because you never want to be that again right yeah. and then you and then you should have practiced your mindfulness your prayers and then your faith and then your you know uh, mm-hmm. a- anything that you do like meditation walking whatever kind of gives you energy nature nature yeah. gives me energy right so um so you need to continue to do all of that and meeting friends talking to family like all of that doing fe- mm-hmm. celebrating festivals do everything you need to do more of that so sometimes people say how do you find time for like all these things you're always traveling and working like yeah. when i'm like if i don't find time for these things no matter like if i fly in from like a nine day international trip on a saturday morning and i'm getting ready and then i'm going for a festival or meeting friends for like yeah. you know, just lunch i still do that because without that i would not get the energy and the happiness yeah. to kind of you know keep moving you need that balance absolutely definitely um and do you think obviously you spoke a bit a, a bit before about like pushing yourself or making yourself heard as a woman um which i think is probably what most women struggle with especially when they move into like quite a male dominated industry or like a management position how did you kind of push yourself to have that confidence to kind of be assertive yeah it is it's a lot of practice <laughs> yeah. like so um initially it was language kind of you know uh, like although like i think i always spoke in good english but mm. then it, how do you insert yourself into a conversation right because that's what it is whether it is an opportunity that is coming to you how do you ask for it because it's there yeah. and there are people do you do you think like you know do you feel confident enough to go and ask oh, no for many years i was not that person lot of things mm-hmm. just came to me and if it was a promotion given to me but then there were times when i stayed in one place and there was no promotion right yeah. and then i didn't ask for it so mm-hmm. whenever every time i think i've asked it doesn't really work so well <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but then kind of when i take a role but the thing that i focus on is that how do i you know what is given to me like i need to do my best to show that i am the best person for this job right mm-hmm. so that's kind of what my approach has been and then yeah. in order to do my job whether it is managing a team whether it is running a business right i because i feel i am responsible for that i am accountable mm-hmm. for that i love taking accountability i i love being the person who you know can take responsibility for failures and then mm-hmm. share the success is shared responsibility for failure is mine but then yeah. like how do you how do you, where are you asking questions where are those discussions happening sometimes even if you have are on the table right on the table of decision making but then everybody is talking so fast and loud and they're using yeah. all these you know, fancy words like which i am not used to and then mm-hmm. many many times many years they have been intimidating it is intimidating people using yeah. all these kind of you know curse words like that's very natural for males to use that mm-hmm. that has been my biggest kind of say 
say biggest kind of you know weakness let's say which i not weakness i would i should use some other word that is not something i've ever accepted in my life it yeah. threatens me it scares me like really really much when people use you know curse words like you know in mm. in business people use it a lot these days it is fun yeah. for a white man to stand up and say come on let's do a b f whatever and then mm. people just start cheering and laughing and then then i and then just automatically gives them like following you know and i yeah. cannot create following like that i cannot make my point by banging on table and then you know scaring people so yes mm-hmm. i have had that disadvantage i have been scared i felt threatened and i couldn't even raise my voice uh, not raise my voice i couldn't even raise my hand to yeah. put my point there had been times when i couldn't present my point because someone was just so aggressive in the meeting and i i felt like a loser when i came back and yeah. that those are the moments that that i don't ever want to repeat so the way i have always done is that it is my job right if i have a job to do and i am prepared i am prepared to handle it i come to a meeting i come to a decision making forum and i have prepared for it in in pre previous kind of in for many years and sometimes i would come prepared and i would just go and i i did not even say a sentence because i got mm-hmm. scared right away and someone said something and i couldn't even contribute and those were my most kind of disturbing and like you know sad moments so the yeah. the thing that has motivated me the thing that has encourages me that i represent my job i am hired to do a job and i am responsible for a team and a business right so then if i don't speak up i am not representing them right if yeah. i don't contribute to that conversation then i the company and then companies people and organizations customers they would be losing because i am not able to present the data and the information that these people that i represent and the amount of work that has gone in is represented well so that mm-hmm. that that uh, thought i i keep in my mind and even if it is difficult i do try to push so initially i used to just sometimes just scream i'm like hey i'm here can i speak and it used to look like that that i'm anxious and i'm i'm no and mm-hmm. although all other people would be just shouting screaming but because i come from a place of desperation like because i needed to say this people were just not giving me time to speak right yeah. so those are the things i have try to learn one is that first thing learning is that if you represent a role and mm. then you are on the decision making table you cannot fail those people who trusted you to be yeah. on the decision making table right yeah. maybe those people are in the room too right but and but the lot of people who are not on the decision making table you you will fail them so it, i need to do it for them and mm-hmm. i need to do it for myself because if i have the knowledge and i know i'm the right person and i'm the best person to do that job then i must speak up because without me sharing my knowledge my mm-hmm. data my content others would never know what do i bring to the table right? yeah so it has taken time and then how do you insert yourself in a conversation there are skills to do that right but mm-hmm. i i i started by raising hands first and then then there are times when i kept raising hands and nobody saw it but then i found an ally who will be like lakshmi has been trying to raise her hands guys can you just please stop like because i would be the only woman in the room right and then yeah. are like other people so yes so these are you know raising hands but raising hands 
and then finding a point of insertion where you can add your point. But the things that have motivated me to do that is like, if I don't do that, I'm failing the business, I'm failing the customer, and I'm failing the people who trusted me to be representing them or this business in that room. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that as women, it's about, well, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, because I don't think that's necessarily true, but I found the same. I think that the only thing that motivates me to step up in that way is very, like, it's not about me. I find that men, or this is very, I don't want to overgeneralise, but I feel like men naturally take that position and they don't even second guess it. Um, whereas I feel like for me, I, I had to do a, quite a similar thing to you and kind of think about the people that relied on me or, you know, it, taking or taking that position for other people who maybe don't have that voice or, again, yeah, kind of just having that trust that you're, you're meant to be there, basically. But that's a very, like, very practical and detailed way of explaining it you know it's not just like well have more confidence it's actually telling people how to do that i think it's um yeah it's amazing enjoying the conversation so far interested in following a similar career path why don't you take a look at our jobs page where you'll find your next opportunity head to www.hamilton-barnes.com forward slash jobs have you mentored many women uh, a lot I, I can imagine <laughs> I I just um that's kind of my way of keeping me happy because as I said like if it wasn't for like the person that who helped me and and on my journey other people like who have been there at a time uh when at a time when when my when I was in that pivotal phase and then I was really looking for the next opportunity and they gave me that's when and they told me why it was good. They convinced me. And then to be honest, like the, in this journey, there had been some very amazing recruiters, like executive recruiters who reached out on LinkedIn and they stayed in touch with me. They said like, oh, you are so good for this role. And I'm like, oh, I don't think so. No, you are really good for this role. So they never knew me, but they became my coaches too. So yes, I am big on giving back. I, I, I from my childhood, I was told that there is this kind of, you know, there is this bank or in like, you know, in heaven or like, you know, in another world and the way God always watches, like, you know, what you're adding and what you're taking. So if any one person does one good thing to you, you need to do, keep repeating it rest of the life. So one time someone yeah. does something to you good, then you have to not just do it one time. You have to do it always, like every time, so yeah. it's hundred thousand times. <laughs> So yeah. then, and then the people, there were two people who helped. And I'm like, I have to do it two million times, right? So <laughs> I just kind of remember that. And giving back is the is the only way I feel contented. Like, you know, so yeah. mentoring, sponsorship, I, you know, my executive assistant here or my EAs in previous role, they would be like, sometimes, Lakshmi, you're like, your calendar is crazy. There is no time, like even 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you're traveling. And I would still say that, no, if someone reaches out on LinkedIn, someone knows me from somewhere, even if like I, I adjust them. And sometimes I adjust too many. So, you know, it may, I, I, it becomes a lot, but for many, many years, especially on Saturday, Sunday, for example, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific, every Saturday, Sunday, 
that's all I do. I take calls from people who I don't know. They just reached out on LinkedIn and they just want to talk. And then thanks to Zoom and COVID, then there had been a lot more. So Mm -hmm. mentoring, sponsoring, like that is my way of like feeling, you know, that's my purpose for life because I am here because Mm -hmm. of education and I'd love to educate. I love to share my specifics. And also like, I believe that there are these nuances we are talking about. Those nuances are soft skills and those situations where I've been, which I have been in many of, those specific nuanced coaching, if somebody would have given me at particular point, then I would not have gone through that chaos and then let's say politics or whatever you call it Mm -hmm. in my life and that mental pressure and stress. I like to give those, people call that coaching. So I I love to coach. I love Mm -hmm. to give the specific response that worked for me instead of just giving a standard template so I, I do coach people, even in my team, like I believe some managers kind of say that, oh, because you need help, go to a coach. I don't believe in that. I believe that mm-hmm. it is my job every day to coach my team because I'm the best person who can help them what will work best in that situation, right? Because they're working here. So I yeah. continuously coach my team. I coach people outside and I give specifics on where, how to kind of, how do they improve? How can they, you know, how can they come out of situation? How can they grow in their career? So yeah, I do it all. And also like uh, beginning of this year to extend that, like, you know, my my kids and like for younger generation and then their friends, they also talk to me like, you know, and then my daughter asked me certain questions and I she presents like certain questions that her community and her set of kind of, you know, folks kind of ask. So I do that. So I started to coach on TikTok and Instagram, which I was never on. I used to always feel that TikTok is for people like just to kind of dance and do crazy (laughs) things. And and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not that adventurous. So Mm -hmm. but she suggested that mama, like you know, there is a community where people like can get help. So I Mm -hmm. actually created a channel where I coach people on product and strategy and how to kind of you know remove your roadblocks in your career. So I started doing that too. So I I don't have time in my day every day, but I still find time to give back and to help as many people as I can. That's amazing. You sound, I mean, your schedule is, sounds overwhelming, but um, no, that's so, I think the internet as well has really helped with that. Um, I think that it's given obviously people the opportunity to kind of view things on a wider level. Um, But yeah, TikTok, (laughs) <laughs> there's some very useful things on there <laughs> it's yes, come a long I way I, actually, I opened my account only this year on tiktok and instagram and uh it it has also like you know it has also helped me perfect like how do i coach in 30 seconds for example because there are 30 yeah. seconds video one minute video like and then i do the same kind of i post the same thing on instagram or post it on instagram so it's like those 30 second versions of like you know bites sound bites so yeah. I'm I'm thankful for the technology there too because every time you're giving something you always get something back. So that's kind of a continuous mm-hmm. way of learning. And so many people have connected with me and reached out to me through those forums which were not coming from LinkedIn, for example. Like LinkedIn is something which yeah. I use a lot. And then people reach out to me a lot on LinkedIn. And I want to mm-hmm. be that person who responds. You know. So every day a lot of people reach out and I'm I I don't go back to all of them every day. 
but at least like I make it a point to respond back to at least one person every day and yeah. I receive men. Wow that's true dedication honestly it's like a whole community isn't there it's like you've built a whole community yeah. around you it's know beautiful like you know yeah. I, I don't know I cannot still reach out to everyone I have not reached out to every single person every day but I I you know there are now there are so many it's only so much time they remind you after three days hey have you reached out to this person then I reach out and I accept and then I like you know as needed so um I do that because I I don't like personally like when people become like you know people grow in their career and they become executives and all especially they stop responding it has happened to me a mm-hmm. lot even people like who are similar levels as me in the industry I reach out to them like they will talk but then when I have a question they actually don't respond so I started to and I I that is something which I I do not appreciate I just do not yeah. like those people like That's anymore like, like, like now I, isn't it? to be honest I slowly and slowly I started to take those people off my connection because I'm like why are you here why should I be yeah. why should you be connected with me even on a professional network if you don't have you know if you reach out to me when you need my help right and you you are okay me liking your post and commenting on it right because i actually take time to read i don't just like and comment things without reading that's just my fundamental kind of you know fundamental mm-hmm. way of interacting with social media i i want to learn and i want to genuinely read and comment i do that and i take time so if that is okay but when i reach out to you just for a hey like where are you like you know and then you don't mm-hmm. respond back even sometimes i've congratulated people like you know on the site like as a dm and they don't yeah. respond back i'm like seriously like you yeah. were okay in your initial days of you learning and you reaching out and you talking to me or even when you had an option job and you reached out to me for that it was okay for you to talk to me then and now when i reach out like either same year mm-hmm. or many years later and then just because you have grown up to be a different level i i see that a lot of such behavior in people and that's why i don't want to be that person no not just that why because i i'm first human and i giving back and you know and being authentic and being good person this is called good person right mm-hmm. i want to be a good human being i want to be i want to continue to that's the learning i every day get and i want to be known for that a good human being was also a great business leader right that's what i want to be mm-hmm. and i want to be known as and i want to i want every day work that i had a positive impact in people life so i i don't see people doing that i don't don't know what happens to people so then they become executives that they think in that they think that they don't really have to respond and although you know that they were they are responding to you on certain conversation they stop responding to you on certain so that means that yeah. and, uh, my calendar is too busy like you know so these I don't want people to feel that way feel that bad when they reach out to me and connect with me so yeah. I I don't want that to be changed yeah definitely I think people get a bit caught up don't they they get a bit ahead of themselves sometimes yeah and I I can I respect that I know that calendars become super busy right super mm-hmm. busy but what I'm talking about the people like like even after a month or a year right so you didn't yeah. go back look at that so that's those are the people but yeah. i do understand and i appreciate because my calendar gets like super it is super crazy like i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it <laughs> definitely um no i think it's amazing honestly i think that you're probably 
there's not a lot of people that would do that and dedicate that much time to it. I think it's um it's really important and very, very valuable, definitely. Um do you think that do you think that you're at a point now where you feel like uh, this is hard to word like previously did you feel like a bit out of place or a bit like imposter syndrome when you got into like management positions you feel like you've finally gotten to a place now where you feel fully confident no I don't think I feel fully <laughs> confident but yeah of course I feel like at least 80 to 90 percent more confident uh, and there are two yeah. two things to it I think this age and then also like you know settling down in your life like in the sense that yeah you have done it enough like now and yeah. you belong here right you belong here versus like I mean a few years ago many years ago you didn't I didn't feel I kept feeling like no I don't belong I don't belong right mm -hmm. so that's what imposter syndrome is so yeah even now like I I, there are times when I have to I immediately switch into like, no, I don't belong because this person knows more. So that comes a lot. Right. And sometimes yeah. that comes out of respect, too. And then other people tend to mm -hmm. like, you know, because I I respect talent. I am like the thing that I respect the most is like, you know, first as a good as first first and foremost, you have to be a good human being. But then also yeah. people who are, who are talented, like who are creative. I have a lot of respect just out of my heart for them. I'm like, wow, you're so creative. Like whether it is mm -hmm. art, music, or like technology, I, I just genuinely have like, I'm in awe of those people, like creators, yeah. like innovators. So I, when, when I'm with those people, like who are super creative, super, you know, innovative, mm -hmm. although I'm very innovative too, in front, when with those people, I kind of go into that, shell like of imposters and I start to feel that I don't know enough although mm. they are specialists in their area and then I'm sitting next to them or working with them because I'm also expert in my area right so I, not everyone has to know everything yeah I think that definitely. is something that that I have coached and trained myself to be in because that has helped me coming out of imposter syndrome because like as women mm -hmm. we want to be good in everything but you don't need to be like yeah. you know even if like some and as long as your team knows, the people knows, but then that doesn't help when that those people that you respect a lot for their creativity, for their innovation, for what they have done to the world, then those situations are where I start to feel like, oh, am I am I my real self? Am I just kind of, I start mm -hmm. to take a backseat. That is something I need to work on. Uh, but it's difficult though. It's difficult because it's so ingrained, isn't it? Into how you yeah, think of yourself. It is so ingrained that like, just respecting people for for their talent and for their hard work and for their innovation and creativity that when I do meet I just get become that child I'm like oh my god you have done this mm -hmm. and even if I'm meeting that person over and over out of that respect but the times there have been situations where it has happened those people have then started to think that I don't know like you know they start to yeah. believe that they really know a lot and I don't and then I try to kind of fix that, like address that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've, I've used those situations sometimes to also tell those people explicitly that I am really in awe of what you have done to the world. You created this company or you created this idea which gave people a lot of jobs because, you know, having lost jobs and having seen friends losing jobs, as I said, in the first year, people who can create jobs for others, yeah. I respect them and salute them so much so that entrepreneurs and innovators who, who create yeah. like wealth for others, 
and and jobs for others that just gives me that warms my heart so out of that mm-hmm. respect and more huge respect because of what i had gone through first year of my life life in us mm-hmm. i go over respecting so a lot of people understand that now but then there are situations when people don't do and those are the situations where i i don't end up kind of being myself because then this first yeah. case people start to take more space they start to actually think that i am like not as good as mm-hmm. i am like i'm told or i should be but then then that's when i have to work more on my imposter syndrome i'm like no not even yeah. imposter syndrome just knowing that yeah i know what and i know i don't know what i don't know you're expert in x i'm expert in y so yeah. i still work it's still work in mm-hmm. progress yeah i think it's one of those things isn't it you'll never be fully sort of i suppose it's something as a, as women that i i think we have to kind of accept that it will always be something that we have to kind of fight against feeling um but yeah i think it's about self-awareness and as you said earlier just kind of looking at other people looking at how other people react to things and being really like well not critical but like analytical of other people and you know learning from other people constantly um i think that's really important yeah i think that's the only way that you can really teach yourself because I don't think there's there's not really a book that you can read or you know one singular thing that can help it's more of a it's a long-term sort of dedication to it I suppose mm-hmm. but yeah definitely it's a long journey just learning like there is I I I sometimes say that I'm a product of feedback like mm-hmm. when people told me something like oh this is not working well then i went and analyzed and did it and also i give feedback to myself every day because if you're not telling yourself what you need to improve so i'm a mm-hmm. continuous product of feedback so <laughs> and every time i've gotten some feedback or i have observed something and i've told myself i need to you know i need to improve and i need to yeah. kind of work then then i then i'm always looking for tools to help me right tools to kind of grow tools to be coached so that is a continuous journey whether it is it is not just technical it is easy to get technical coaching than to be like you know organizational coaching so those are the mm-hmm. tools that you have to because there is no one fit for all in leadership right different things work for different people and different roles need different kinds of skills although there are certain common things that you can apply so then you have to be continuously coaching on people leadership behavioral social like you know communication all lot of those things so i am always looking for tools i always look at people i watch some videos i'm like oh my god this was like this sentence stuck with me and my kids like they're uh you know because they're they're very good writers and speakers both mm-hmm. of them and my younger one is a creative she's a musician and she's a songwriter she's oh, a singer wow. like you know so having that uh, so she's just very you know let's say she's very creatively inclined on the art side and yeah. also my older one she's into dance but she's also into mm-hmm. computer science and medicine so it's just kind of they teach me like yesterday they give me those phrases so i'm learning everywhere from everywhere i find every avenue to learn because mm-hmm. that's exciting and being in the world of technology oh my god there are so many sources to learn yeah. from that's Definitely. like mind blowing i'm like wow like i'm like i i can be a kid always right mm-hmm. i can be that kid who is like curious kid who is these so many things they can process from and learn from i feel mm-hmm. too blessed to be 
you know, growing older in the technology world because this is this is a blessing to be yeah. having so many resources that you can go to mm-hmm. without even you know, setting up time with someone. And of course, you can set up time with someone like you and me set up like virtually so fast. So while I love being in person, I love face to face interaction, and I'm a, I'm yeah. like, you know, I I love being around people. That's kind of just gives me most energy. But technology mm-hmm. has given us these avenues to grow, you know, in the dimensions yeah, that we want. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's the accessibility of everything, isn't it? And just how how yeah. quickly you can you can talk, contact anyone, look at anything. It's it is amazing, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's developed so quickly, so quickly. Yeah, exactly. It's on. A, it's unbelievable. It must have been coming from, you know, n- not having a computer to now, not even that much long. You know, not not even in that much time to it yeah. just being everywhere. It's just it's unbelievable. <clears throat> it is yeah, crazy. I- it is amazing and I feel blessed to be as I say like I feel blessed to be where I am to have like you know being in experiences situations that I've been and uh, and it's for technology and education like if it was not for education that my parents decided to kind of invest into me and then the continuous learning models through people and then um, Mm -hmm. and then my curiosity I think curiosity about behavior curiosity about learning so being curious is the most important thing. And if you're being curious with an intent of solving a problem, whether it's for yourself and for others, and then like, you know, and and then continuous learning from people, like because every time you coach someone, you're always being coached back, 100%. Mm. So then that journey, like I'm, I, I'm very grateful and I'm very thankful to every single interactions I've had with people because every single interaction teaches you something. And I'm, I'm blessed mm-hmm. to be in a leadership role because that just kind of keeps you, you know, as I said, like keep the curiosity on, keep that mm-hmm. intent of like, you know, always believing that others have the right intent and then you have the mm-hmm. right intent and you collectively solve problems like, you know, for greater goods. Yeah. It's just, what is amazing. Technology makes us do so much these days. It's just mind blowing. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to be a leader in technology companies and, and disrupting technology. So so grateful. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. You're um you're in an amazing place. It sounds like you're yeah. um yeah. You I mean it just sounds like everything that's happened has worked out very much for the best. Which is yeah. I think that's a credit to your positivity, though. To be honest, you know, um and your determination. And that, to be honest, that positivity that that's thought process like I think it just comes from my parents like I've seen them never doesn't matter like oh one shop did not work oh, and my dad as I said like you know think of him as a janitor for his job and then mm-hmm. still like he would always be what can I do next what can I do and always like believing like that something good will happen no matter what happens I call him and like yeah yeah it would be fine and my mom like she has so many problems she can't walk my you know there are other problems in the family like you know physical problem like you know let's say terminal problems like with younger generation but still my parents are like oh it will be all fine so I've always heard this word it will always be fine just you know yeah. just believe just believe so this all these books that I read like later on in my life which was about like you know oh there is you know there is like 
uh, you the positive like reflection of energy energy positive and but i grew up like from as as long as i remember hearing from my parents that it will all be fine just stay positive you know yeah. just believe and they will just say believe and then i'm like okay so just mm-hmm. that's what i just i'm like believe in something and then believe in yeah. something that it will be and then ask for ask for the energy to believe so that's what i ask for myself mm-hmm. every day like you know and then uh you know one thing which i always mention is that every morning like you know after my prayer or my meditation i go out and then i give water to sun so my parents have taught me since you know to all uh, all of us that you give water to sun in the morning so scientifically something like you know the rays when you're giving water the sun rays come and they touch your heart here so there is some magic hopefully that happens but then mm-hmm. i also believe the sun is the biggest source of energy for the world right and imagine even solving like so many electrical energy problem so like then i do that and in the morning the thing that i only ask for is i'm like okay give me the as much positive energy and i need you know which is for today take all the negative part and give me incremental than that like you know so whether it is people negative whether it is you know situation negative anything negative take that out for me and it actually works like you know so i think it's just believing in something like i believe that when i get up in the morning in front of sun and i give water it's just like i really do my hands like that and i feel like i can always feel breeze no matter how the weather is where i'm standing which country yeah. and i try if i can find sun there like i try to do it there too it's like beautiful so just believe and mm-hmm. it just things happen you somehow get energy yeah. kind of keep moving forward yeah miss i i feel like i you're absolutely right i feel i'm blessed that i have that mindset and that mental mm. model to always believe because i feel even that is a blessing to me that yeah. i can believe that something good will always happen right yeah so that i thank to be honest to my parents for teaching me even like every single time like some no matter what situation though their sentence it would be all fine just believe like yeah like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think that's amazing i think that that's so so important um I just think that's that is probably the reason why you've become you know so successful without even well initially without thinking that you know you would you would be in a role like that um no I think it's amazing what do you think is coming for the future tell me about your plans oh, as i said like i don't plan like <laughs> <laughs> so my jobs i don't plan I, i plan for my family like i plan for like you know what what we want to do like you know as a family like you know but the and business planning that needs to be done that's my role that i have to do so for my career planning to be honest i don't plan you know many uh, i've said that many times so a lot of times i've not past 10 plus years my next job has come because a recruiter came from linkedin mm-hmm. and reached out to me so i yeah. was not i was not the one reaching out mm-hmm. and i have passed four to five jobs in fact six job i have joined a company where i did not know anyone in the leadership team even the skip level leadership so someone oh. came they got interviewed by people i didn't know them before and there were references only from outside and and that's how i landed my job because someone convinced me that this is a good role and i'm a good fit and yeah. i took that and it is not easy to all in especially leadership role if you go into a place where you don't know people it is very hard because yeah. and then i do believe in coaching people from within and then doing that makes giving them opportunity and then grow that's why i built a huge network over years 
of people who trust me and I trust them because I have given chances to more and more people every time I got taken a new role. So mm-hmm. from a career perspective, that's how my next roles happen. Mm-hmm. Someone reaches out and then I feel like, yeah, I have actually done enough in this role and I have created like, you know, I, I can be redundant because there are people who can take up the role and the company is in a good shape and place. And then I can actually talk, you know. So yeah. I do respect executive recruiters and recruiters a lot because it's because of them that I have found my next best, especially the leadership role. So thanks mm-hmm. to all of them who will be watching this. So they <laughs> that's kind of how I take. Uh, but in general, my plans are really to be focused on, in, in a structured way, I want to keep giving back. So as I said, like I spend a lot of hours coaching and mentoring every week. And mm-hmm. then sometimes that could be at same, same, same things over and over, right? Yeah. So I I want to be more structured in like, you know, giving back, like creating platform. And and there had a lot of ideas I've had where few other women came, like Asian women, we thought we'll do something, but that is something I've not done. So I want to be more structured in giving back. Mm-hmm. And create a format for where people like who are like me they come together so I'm part of many such forums and if possible just maybe kind of create a non-profit where people like you know people who genuinely are believing and positively believing to empower others we could just build that platform so that's kind of my personal goal and uh, technically like I think there is so much so much going on I'm in an internet face company cloud I love being in cloud like you know Mm -hmm. I have been doing cloud for like many 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 years like many iterations of cloud so cloud is a business cloud is a technology and everything that goes in like security privacy and like you know gen AI and AI like in general like all those things are uh, all those things are boosting the growth of like the next level of companies and and then so much is happening in media and entertainment because like so much is changing in how we consume the content, right? What we are yeah, talking about okay. published, that's the content we are creating. So how the how do we reach, you know, how do you how does this content reach people? The way mm-hmm. people are consuming content, that is disrupted, disrupted the most. Like, you know, mm-hmm. due to COVID and more people on internet, more devices being like all everyday new phone types coming in and no oh, I think the disruption in cloud, the cloud making like technology and internet possible and anyone to be able to build a company like overnight cloud has made that possible and accessibility of you know converting an idea to a company that's where cloud cloud can help but then Mm -hmm. on the content is where i feel like content is what is pushing the boundaries of everything these days content on the consumer side has changed like and then privacy related things like you know trust whether can i trust this content is it coming from the right people because what if it is instead of Lakshmi, you have just put in an, you know, AI image of me, right? Because people can do that. So those, yeah. those are the two things. So cloud making uh, things possible to a level that people could not before. It's making cloud made internet and innovation happen to a broader scale than nobody could imagine. Mm-hmm. And then, but the content and the content privacy, content, say, you know, uh, consumption models. And there is a whole set of disruption that is happening there. And and then, you know, I'm, I'm very I'm very grateful that I'm in both the lands today, like because I have been doing mm-hmm. cloud for many, many years. And also, like, you know, the my company works with like CDNs and then 
it, it sits on internet. So we build, we work with, we support security of websites and mobile web and mobile app like web app. So they're all like the places where people can consume content from, right? So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really grateful that I'm in both the disruption worlds. So there is so much that is coming um, and disrupted because of like the recent, you know, um, so recent uh, to growth in the AI, especially in generative AI. So there mm -hmm. is a lot more the world has to just worry about. And that's why technologists us have more work to do to make it more trusted, make the content more trusted, make the content more distributable in the places, in the way that consumers want it to be consumed. So a lot mm -hmm. of work to do. And that's something which I'm focused on. And I think at least for a couple of years, cloud, the growth of cloud and the opportunities there for the internet and then the privacy and the security for the content as well as the users who are using it. Um, so, and the providers who are building the content, you know, how do they get, you know, how do they get compensated? How do yeah. they know that it is their content is not being used without their right, right? That their rights and they are being kind of, so I think that whole creative world needs to be, is kind of going through a disruption because of Gen AI and because of all the AI things and the content distribution and the scale has changed like you know that and then but that all has not been possible without clouds and i'm i'm in all three of them so um mm -hmm. from my role perspective as well as like my interest perspective yeah that's um a lot to handle um no definitely i think that the the level of potential is like unlimited but like you say it's about sort of managing that and making sure that it's safe and trusted and also as you say like with the content side of things things as well like I mean that is just a whole another area that is just so well we're on the cusp of everything aren't we well you're on the cusp of everything in that in that area um I think everything's going to be so different and there's just the speed at which things are happening is crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so quick. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're, again, a very busy woman. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Love being that rather than like, I don't think I can really sit like, I know people say that, oh, this is good to be sitting and not doing anything. I cannot get, I can, for me, not doing something is I'm reading. Like something yeah. which I'm not kind of, you know, reading in general. Um, but otherwise, I like being busy. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> no, definitely. It sounds exciting, though. And it's yes. um, it's not going to stop growing anytime soon. So, you yeah. know, it's going to continue to be exciting for a long time. Yeah. So much work to do. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm very excited and I'm very grateful for the opportunities to help the Internet to you know, mm -hmm. protect the internet and accelerate the innovation in cloud and edge cloud. And also like, you know, be participating in the disruption that is happening in the content and the media industry. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, very excited. I it, It's going to be a couple of more years busy and hopefully more and more years busy. Definitely. And I think it's good that you're sort of, I mean, as you said, to start with, you like the sort of transformation and that kind of thing, that area of things. I think it's nice that you're in, that you're crossing over into different areas as well. I think that's really interesting. Definitely. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I mean, well, it all sounds amazing. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> sounds um, very, very interesting. Definitely. We'll do the last bit 
is the quick fire round. So I've asked, I'll ask you a few questions. So we'll go into that. Okay. See what you've got okay. to say. Um, so the first question is, what's the most memorable memorable place you've ever visited? I can imagine, well, from what you said, you're very well travelled. So I'm looking forward to this. I think I will go back. We have, yes, we, we as a family travel a lot. But I will go mm. back to our first big trip as a family uh, was to Uti. There's a place, hill station called Uti in India. And mm. I was at school and my parents, uh, because that was expensive to travel and we, we couldn't really afford such long trips. Uh, mm. But my dad, um, so we went as a family. It's called a place called Uti in mm. uh, south southern part of India. And it was like our first kind of non, like say, non-family place vacation. We would generally yeah. go to, either we used to go to like our, you know, my grandparents' house and vacation mm -hmm. time, or we would go to some religious place like, but this was like first time not going to any of them. And then we mm -hmm. went to like this one week vacation. We went in train, it's like 40 hours kind of you know, wow. journey in train. Yeah, 40 plus hours. And, Where else did you uh, grow up in India? I grew up in Delhi. I was born and brought up in oh, Delhi. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so not like fast train, but it was train. That journey is still like the most memorable kind. You know, just being in the train and just watching outside. Like Indian train yeah. network is so good. It's and all all my siblings and parents. It was mm -hmm. that's the most memorable. So that was the first long travel we did with yeah. as a family in India. That sounds amazing. I um I went to India and I. I think my oh. most memorable part was being on a train as well. We went to, oh. so we went to Delhi too, and then we went like up north to um, Chandigarh, and then we went to Shimla oh. as well. Oh, Shimla is beautiful. Yeah, that's actually mm -hmm. another another memorable kind of you know place for me because I went mm -hmm. there. That was a place where we went without our parents for the first time. Mm -hmm. So my siblings and my friend, my you know my best friend that I say from US. So her brother and she, and then we as like, you know, we siblings. So we went without parents. For us, it was a big deal, although we were in yeah. college. But then like <laughs> not going, not having parents around, that was like, like, because mm -hmm. we had never done that. So yeah. that to me was, and it was in snow. It was a snow time in Shimla. So that yeah. was our first time playing in snow. So that's oh. kind of another one. Very, very, we still talk about it. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's so, so lovely. And I got a train down as well, like through the no. mountains. And it's just like, oh, it's the most beautiful thing ever. So I completely get why that's yeah. so memorable. Train trips are beautiful. You're just mm. born better. Like, because you can walk around, you can talk to people. You feel like yeah. you're on a street, but which is moving. And these people are with you for mm -hmm. some time. And like, it's like, it's fun. Yeah, train journey. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. No, it sounds amazing. Um and yeah the best piece of advice you've ever been given there are many uh, but the one that i remember the most uh, when it comes to career is that know what you you should know what you want like in mm -hmm. career like you know and um, that happened also when i first time asked for a role and the person who who was my mentor my manager and my director Mm -hmm. And I went and I said, oh, by the way, I want this role, not this. They said, oh, no, we don't think that you need this, mm -hmm. this one. You always wanted this. I'm like, no. They said, oh, so you are confused then. If you don't know what you want, no one else would know. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, so since then, many, 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 many years ago, like I think 15 years ago, so, or 16 years ago. So that's when I knew that, oh, I have to be very clear in yeah. what I want. And also that means that what I say, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm very clear in what I communicate. Like I'm, I have become, I practice that a lot. So mm-hmm. if I cannot, there are still situations sometimes I feel like, so I, I feel the, the worst when I, I can't communicate a message exactly the way I want. So mm-hmm. I'm very, I become very direct, very transparent, but that has helped me grow the most, knowing mm-hmm. what you want. And not just for yourself, like, you know, that was, a, but that was an example because that was an eye opening. I'm like, all this time, you all giving me what you thought that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then I thought like, you know, and then, but you, but that was your impression of what you thought, not yeah. nice, but that I took it upon me. As I said, I'm a continuous learner. So yeah, knowing, so someone telling me like, Hey, you, you don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. And that, that thing changed, that sentence changed my life in career mm-hmm. that I should, I should be clear in expressing what I want, whether it is a decision, whether it is telling my team what I expect them to do, whether it is where, you know, asking a customer some questions. So mm-hmm. being able to clearly express in right yeah. language, succinct way has been my continuous learning to myself. I think that was one of my biggest yeah. things as well. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Um, and I remember people saying to me like, just be direct when you want something just speak with confidence and don't because I can sound well I could before just sound very sort of oh yeah but I'm not really sure you know like a bit yeah exactly. and that was a massive massive learning curve for me massively and I think it makes a huge difference to just yeah. be direct and say yeah. you know exactly what you want to say yeah. um but yeah it's, it's things like that that you might not even ever get told if you're not in the right position correct that's uh, and then you need to be in the right moment to understand its meaning that you can and then to be able to apply that in various situations because that has helped me give clear feedback to my team tell Mm -hmm. me clearly to my manager what i expect with them and how Mm -hmm. i want right ask clear questions to the customers be very clear like what i want out of a meeting right Mm-hmm. what I want even in personal life being very clear with my kids if I'm I'm not available I'm not available and why so mm-hmm. I, that I've also meant like that I justify which I can sometimes do less of but mm-hmm. then that has really changed my life like you don't know what you want whether it's a decision whether it is so I I've, I've applied that to everything in my life and mm-hmm. it has changed my life mm-hmm. definitely um no I completely agree I think mine would probably be the same um and yeah next one is morning routine what's your morning routine every day if you have one yeah I do have I wake up as I said like you know I I go for a walk or I do exercise or like breathing exercise or meditation whatever and then I shower and then like I I told you like and then after that I pray I meditate a little bit again and then I go and do this thing with sun. So then I get ready for my morning, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, once I do all of that, and then I'm already ready for my day, right? And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, so 
then it is just start either work or like you know generally if i'm at home like you know kids are already kids are very self sufficient now so like, yeah i don't really need to do much but then i throughout the day then it's generally like a lot of meetings lot of work either travel kind, you know so but think of this as like some decision making context changing throughout so there is no fixed pattern to the day then i yeah. call it like my day there is a lot of context changes and a lot of decision making there is a lot of listening there a lot of talking <laughs> Mm-hmm. and uh, at the end then i in the evening i again want to go out and walk in the nature like again i love nature i love walking and go with my dog go with my family go with my friends so that's kind of that gives me back and again pray in the evening and then do some breathing in the evening again so that's kind of start with you know getting energy creating energy and then mm-hmm. evening kind of go back and get your energy back and then days just helping solving problems context changing like and fast yeah it sounds like it's very calm which is nice you're yes, wanting to I, sound like I, I try to be and i genuinely if i'm just i'm just who i am if i'm not calm i will i will actually say that i am not calm so yeah. i've learned i've learned to say everything so mm-hmm. um there's a maybe because although it's at the end but i want to so i i took a training called project cornerstone so there's mm-hmm. a program that was started like fortunately when my daughter was in elementary school older one was many many years ago and i became a volunteer for that it was mm-hmm. created and run by ymca and was started in my daughter's school where she goes to she went to a public school so it is about there are these 40 plus skills that the mm-hmm. coach gives about like how to stop bullying how to stand up for yourself how to you know how to express yourself how to express your emotions how to deal with it so it is a lot about like how do you deal with anger so teaching kids about mm-hmm. these different emotions there are 40 plus skills that you have and there were books about it and then there are different ways of dealing with that so i i have been that coach for that program for almost 10 years and i mm-hmm. always felt that i wish i could teach all of these to people like of my age like because yeah. then like i i go back and and remember that like and i i apply that i'm like okay at this point i sh- i should just because it will say when you are angry you just run and then come back but it doesn't mean like because when the books were written like 30 years ago they say like run in the woods and come back basically go to the nature come back yeah. right so i change it to like go to the nature when you are like anxious or something mm-hmm. so that like there are a lot of these and then you know stop like be a you know don't be a passer by and you should be kind of you know you should be if someone is being bullied or someone being is harassed you should not be just passing by you should be you know standing up with them for them be their ally so there are a lot of these skills which mm-hmm. i learned so i i feel like these skills have I've, as i said like i'm a continuous learner so not that i don't get anxious or excited but i have learned that through those skills that how do i still show up like you know not kind of let that impact my decision making yeah. and my color my emotions because then it can hurt me and it can hurt people around me mm-hmm. no i think that's so it's crazy how um little that you get taught about that especially when you get to you know like your adult life um a lot of well a lot of people just aren't taught how to deal with that and it's so important definitely maybe you should roll it out well i think you're probably busy enough already but <laughs> roll it out to the adults at work <laughs> actually yeah uh, maybe 
that is something i can i can do like as i said like on the platform i'm thinking because a lot of these skills i coach in my coaching session i'm like okay you went like this tone at this point maybe you could have said this word right because these mm-hmm. are all the things that like as we talked earlier that your tone and the words that you say they have a huge impact right they can yeah. especially like for women right people just mm-hmm. boxes like the yeah even if you say something once then you're boxed sometimes forever and yeah. then but the similar things doesn't happen for men because that's kind of they can they're allowed to make mistakes and do things mm-hmm. and say things but the moment if we say something loudly that oh my god she's so aggressive so like i said it so so we always yeah. have to do more work and that's why we need more skills definitely i could not agree more um but yeah i think it's really really valuable definitely um and yeah next one is what book would you recommend and why oh i read a lot if i travel a lot then i read a lot because then in the plane i don't like to watch tv so mm-hmm. much it just but i prefer to read if i don't have a slide deck or something else to read so mm-hmm. that's when i pick up books from the airport and then so the but the books that there is there are certain books that i always kind of recommend which i somebody else recommended and it changed my life so there is a book called crucial conversation in fact there is a there is also a training on that so mm. how to have crucial conversations it's a red color book and then it's not generally i keep books on my side so i picked up this book recently on branding mm. and then like you know someone kind of told me something about like i know um appreciation so i i i love books like so as you see mm-hmm. like i have a lot of books always around me so um so i i pick up books but then the books that like there there is a book that people uh, as i said crucial conversations so it's like it's about like very there is a thing that got stuck with me and i had an in person training on that like when i was at cisco so it talks about that you have to if you if you are in a crucial conversation with someone like at work right mm-hmm. you have to bring that person into that circle right into a circle of let's say a frame of reference call it i forgot the exact name but then you both have to come into that circle of reference where you can first discuss things right so mm-hmm. having a crucial conversation first requires you to have a mental model and readiness to even have that conversation right mm-hmm. so that's kind of something and and you and you both need to you both are coming from different places so having a discussion that what is in it for you mm-hmm. and tell me what is in it for you me so that kind of sets up only then otherwise you can you you are both can be coming from different contexts and frame of references from backgrounds and can never reach a decision so yeah be calling that out like explicitly calling that out okay what does success look like to you what does success look like to me and then let's talk mm-hmm. that can solve lot of crucial conversations right when the, the things are at stake so yeah. that is a good tool and a good book it also has an audio book that it's i, I took that training like many many years ago 15 years ago and since then i have used it the book and the you know the mm-hmm. cd or dvd stays with me so second one there are many other books as i said but then there is one that um that i i always enjoy like if people have not read it again like i would say like i <laughs> i keep books with me all the time which i really enjoy sorry i'm just mm-hmm. that's all right well so this one like i know a lot of people have read this but mm-hmm. this is an who's got your back so 
it's very very important when you're in leaders leaders role you need to have allies right you need to you cannot really work you work with your peers remember right especially the higher you go you work with your team your direct staff and your teams and you need everyone's like you know you you need to have people's back and people will have your back so mm-hmm. so it's important to know like who have it and do you have people mm-hmm. who are your allies basically it goes back to allyship and how do you build those so that's extremely important because you you just don't work by yourself right so that's kind of another like you know and i'm picking up the books that were here but they are very important in a leadership role these these mm-hmm. are some techniques and tools and examples that this book gives and then another one which i which i really love very very much love it's very old book it's called the art of asking questions this is mm-hmm. fabulous book like written in like i think 750s or by a professor yeah 60s by a professor at princeton so i finally got like you know the hard copy someone had given me a copy long time back this one is a new version but then mm-hmm. this is like how do you ask questions remember like hey i want to insert myself into a conversation or mm-hmm. then when you are let's say when you are in a crucial conversation right because you want a decision to be made or you want to ask something for yourself ask something for your team you want to call out some wrong decision someone else made or something else right wherever it is crucial for the business and the for company and the people then how do you ask those questions or you are asking your customers are you asking your users so that's like that curiosity if you're curious but then you don't know how to convert your curiosity into the questions that people can understand mm-hmm. you may not come across as smart or you may not be able to deliver your point so being mm-hmm. able to ask the questions right way so that your curiosity is convert gets the right responses right is hugely important or or like when you're in a crucial conversation then even asking what is important to each other and putting that into the same circle and then going off it is very important but that also is is you know there is also important because like you know you so that even there like asking question skills is very important so like these are certain things like and i i kind of put the combination of books that i would use in 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 kind of one book is more like how do you build allies and there are more books to that but then who got your back and it also means that you 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 need to have someone's back right it's like mm-hmm. always two and then like crucial conversation and how do you ask questions to get the best outcome of your curiosity of like you know the crucial conversation anything that you do mm-hmm. that sounds that's like the trio the holy trinity of books <laughs> yeah that sounds really yeah, good yeah the one that i gave you a couple i guess they were all sitting here so i and, and i do use them a lot so i thought like people could also make use of them yeah definitely no they're very good recommendations i'll have to have to read them myself i'm feeling quite inspired <laughs> um, what is the one book that you would recommend i would write oh, down that's a difficult one i really like this is a bit cliche because i feel like everyone's read it um but i like atomic habits i think that's a good book ah okay yeah i've read that that my that's my daughter's recent favorite book so she read it oh, and really? it's like yeah so she she in fact wrote created a tiktok for me on my channel like mm-hmm. for her dumb habit <laughs> that's a very good one yeah yeah it's yeah. it's that's easy it's to really read really powerful book yeah it's very mm-hmm. good yeah. easy to follow breaks everything yeah. down nicely i think yeah 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 um and the last one your favorite thing to do at work favorite thing to do at work 
it's uh, you know working with people mm-hmm. you know, people working with people and uh, the joy that you get when you work with people and then either like they you help them with their career like you know you you announce a promotion for someone that was not happening that person might not have been promoted across different jobs because they needed certain skills mm-hmm. or like you solve a business problem together and then everybody just gets that aha moment so like you know the yeah. people leadership then solving problem that were not solved before and also solving problem for people's career mm-hmm. because i coach them so coaching people and then solving problems that were not solved before or in a, or you could solve them in a better way so yeah. that's what i love about my job every single day solving problems with people mm-hmm. well you dedicate a lot of time to it definitely you put a lot of effort into it so and you've got so much wisdom to give I think you need to write a book have you written a book I have not and I do want to but I just I think I need to kind of start somewhere and there are so many places I can start from so I think maybe I just need help I I want to I think like I can write many as I said like because every time I I am with someone like you who's kind of taking me through these questions I end up feeling like wow there is and every time at least i'm 50% maybe same and 50% i say different because of how kind of the you know people like you are coaching me or guiding me to answer like our questions so i do believe i have a lot to write and i i do believe that it will help people but just that i don't know where to start um i think that's everything to be honest i think we yeah, no this is this was a lot of fun so thank you so much as i said like amazing Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, so 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 good. So much wisdom. It's been really Thank really great. Hamilton Barnes, thanks you for listening to today's episode. Whether you're looking for that next big opportunity or looking for like-minded people to join your team, we'd love to hear from you. So please don't be shy. Get in contact. We look forward to hearing from you. Call us on 0207 808 1415 or email us at hello at hamilton-barnes.com.